You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. When I was just spending time in, in preparation for this morning, I was like, Lord, what, what must I speak about this morning? And I just had in my heart that the title of my message to me, He makes everything beautiful in His time. He makes everything beautiful in its time. He makes everything beautiful in its time. In its time. Never, ever underestimate the power of preparation. He makes everything beautiful in its time. God's times and seasons, amen? But never underestimate the power of preparation. You know, I was going through, because it was Women's women's Week or Women's Day, amen, that you all rest on Women's Day, I was really just spending time in the book of Esther. So, gentlemen, you're going to have to bear with me this morning, but the book of Esther is something that's prevalent to all of us, right? There's no male and female before God. He loves us. He loves us all. I mean, he prepared us for each other. We prepared him for him. So, see all your plans in the light of God's sovereign will for your life. Take God's sovereign will and paint it over your life. Take your eraser and erase your plans. Paint God's sovereign will over your plans. Amen? God has made us free moral agents. We are made with a mind to decide. We are made with a free will. That's what makes it so beautiful when we serve the Lord. Amen? Because he just loves it. Because we're choosing him. Amen? It's the only thing we can give God is ourselves. What can we give the master of the universe? Except our own, our own selves, our, our free will. Amen? So paint God's sovereign will. I read a a beautiful thing that said, life is is long enough to live out God's purpose, but it's too short to waste a moment. Life is long enough to live out God's purpose, but it's too short to waste a moment. You see, the New English translation says, everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. Everything happens at the time God chooses. Not my time. God's time. Amen? It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you're going. Not my time. God's time. But many times we want to do it in our time. Amen. I'm ready for this, Lord. I'm so ready for this. I'm prepared. Look at me. This thing's like... Amen. Our times and seasons are in God's hands. And when we start getting anxious, it's when we think we can handle those times and seasons better than him. Why are most people anxious? I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know who I'm going to marry. I don't know when I'm going to have children. I don't know when I'm going to... And you're worrying about things where God has already done everything. At the right time, at the right moment, the right person will walk into your life. Amen. All the young people? Amen. 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 God knows you want to be married to someone. Amen. It's not a surprise to him. Amen. He knows you want to have a family. He knows you want your children to study and go further and do what they need to do. But we need to trust his time. Because when we start thinking we can handle it better than him, that's when we start getting anxious. You know, there's a reason I often say this in almost every sermon, because it actually, it's one of the things that helps me a lot in life. God gives us grace for every day. Tomorrow's grace is not here yet. That's why it hurts you. It makes you sick. It makes you anxious because you haven't received it yet. He doesn't say he gives you grace once a week. He doesn't say he gives you grace once a month. Does he say he gives you grace once a year? No. He says, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My, my, my will is made perfect when you're weak. He says, but every day I bestow grace upon you. Why are you worrying about tomorrow? It's not here yet. Right? We have to plan our purposes and our path according to God's. Amen? So we're going to look at um, Queen Esther this morning. So in the book of Esther, it's very interesting. There's only two books in the Bible that were named after a woman. Did you know that? Young ladies and, and, and comrades. amen it's esther and ruth amen but god must have seen something beautiful in esther and ruth that can talk to all of us amen and esther is one of the books of the bible that really intrigues me for many many reasons yes this young orphan her name was first adassa right and yes she's living with her cousin and she's an orphan according to worldly terms i think that's pretty much something to get depressed about i mean i'm an orphan i'm living with my cousin and I'm a Hadassah. I've got, where am I going? What am I going to be doing? Who am I going to become? Right? Yes, this beautiful lady, but she's got beauty. God has given her beauty. And everyone has beauty. They just don't know it yet. 
And yeah, she's living with her cousin. And she's like, what is my, what is my future? What is my destiny? Who would have thought little Hadassah would land up as the queen? Amen. Who would have thought a person like me would be standing here preaching? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He sees more than what I see. Amen. I praise him for that grace and mercy. But you, okay, just breathe. Okay. But God, even in the time where he put her with, with her cousin to grow up as an orphan, he was busy forming certain things in her. He was preparing her. Amen. He was preparing her for a destiny. Nothing happened by chance. God is still bigger than any circumstance, than anything that comes your way. What the enemy means for evil, he turns it for our good. And yes, young, young Hadassah in this home, and she's learning. And one of the most beautiful things Esther learned in that home is to listen and to obey. Can you imagine? Yeah, this big profession comes down, procession comes down the down the road, and they really, they're looking for all the prettiest girls in the land because old Queen Vashti really upset the king because she didn't want to dance for him, right? Okay, so she's out of there. He doesn't want to see her again. He needs a new queen. Amen? And yeah, Queen, uh, well, she's still Hadassah right there. She's sitting, and she sees this procession coming down the road, and it's like they're looking for the most beautiful girls. And just think of it. God had to work even on the person who was looking for the ladies to notice her. Have you walked down a road? There's a lot of people in a road, right? And I don't think they had stop signs and luminous signs that said Hadassah, Hadassah, Hadassah. Right? Amen? I'm just putting it in plain terms today because that's many times how it talks to me. God had to even, God was even in control from the very beginning. Yeah, she's an orphan girl in this home. She's at the right place for the procession to walk through the road to find her. I don't think they walked through every single road in every single street. Okay? This is my, my interpretation, Belinda. Okay? So God had to place her at a place where she can actually be where they can notice her. And yeah, they come and they say, you have to come to the, the palace. You're one of the chosen ones to go for beauty treatment for a whole year. Amen? <laughs> wow, that must be awesome. Okay? And yeah, yeah the, these people take her and her cousin says, go. You need to go. But keep your identity a secret. You know, God loves secrets. I keep telling the band, I say, God has so many secrets. But he loves secrets. And what do I mean by secrets? He loves things in, that he's sharing with us, that's working with us. He loves, you know, when, when he tells you something about someone, it's not for you to put it on social media, Facebook. Can you believe it? The angel of the Lord appeared to me and this person needs prayer. Amen? Because social media has become such a problem. I don't like social media. Amen? Because I believe it's people's highlights in their life. But life is not just about highlights. Life is about ups and downs. Life is about keeping on with our God, walking, choosing the right path. When the path is left and he says right, we go right. Right? <laughs> Amen? So yes, Queen Esther, she comes to the, the palace. And God was already busy with her future. Amen? He was preparing her with what was needed to be a queen. He was preparing her what was needed to be a queen. Hadassah could stay an orphan for the rest of her life. But at some point, she turned into a princess. What can you imagine? What was that trigger in Hadassah that made her a princess? She started believing she could be. Amen? And she was very clever. Queen, Queen Esther Hadassah was the most clever lady. Because when she got to the palace, there was um, a chamberlain. This, the general or the person was looking after the, all the ladies there, getting them ready for that one day to meet the king. Amen? Can you imagine a whole year's preparation for one day with a king? One day. You know Jesus' Jesus' life? He grew up as a man 30, 30 years more or less. Then he was in ministry three and a half years. What do you think all that preparation was for? That one week of passion where they crucified him. God prepared him for over 30 years to have the character to still choose you in that one week. Can you imagine? And then you get people, I'm so ready. Can't believe this. I'm so ready to move. God has just not got the memo yet, but I'm ready. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But if God took time to prepare Jesus Christ, why would he not take time to prepare you? If Jesus had to learn obedience through suffering, why would you think you would have a lack of time all the time? Amen? You know, certain incenses, certain perfumes are only released in fire. The, the perfume frankincense, I think that's one of the, one of the herbs, it releases the best under fire. You know, when somebody's going through a hard time and they choose God, the, 
the smell on them, the presence of God, is so amazing. It's different, right? Are you with me? I've been with people going through heavy stuff, and they say, you know, my Jesus. And it's just like the presence of God is just like, amen? Because regardless of what happens, God is still in control of our lives. Amen? And it's not this preparation. I said to the band the other day, it's not like we've got these things on our shoulders and God is preparing us and we're going to just breathe and hope we're going to make it to heaven one day. No. A preparation of, of being more tangible in his presence. Just being more, if people touch us, they, they touch Jesus. Less of us, more of him. So when Hadassah arrived at the, at, the, at the palace, they had to get rid of the orphan, right? They had to get rid of the smell of the peasant because she was being prepared for the king. That's what we have to do when we come into God's presence. We have to get rid of all our nonsense. Amen? Do you know we all have nonsense? Every single one of us. Amen? And God loves us. How cool is that? He loves us through our nonsense. Can you imagine? Because God sees a diamond. He doesn't see a coal. He sees, okay, we need a little bit of pressure, but it's okay. Guess what this kid's going to turn out? A diamond. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, God has got a beautiful plan for your life. Stop worrying. There is purpose in preparation. <laughs> Don't like that one very much, right? <laughs> I don't want to say that one early. But I have to say it because you're telling me to say it, right? Amen? <laughs> it's not easy to say it, but you know what? If you get the revelation that this preparation is making you beautiful, the preparation Esther went through made her beautiful. Amen? That year in the palace made her beautiful to go in front of the king for that one night. Jesus is 33 years, odd 33 years, made him ready for that one week when he chose you. One week. They say more or less from the time that he was arrested till he died, one week. So I can, I can seriously say God took all that time to prepare him for that one week. That when everybody rejected him, he still chose you. Can you imagine the character, right? Yes, all his friends, they also just out of there. <laughs> Amen? And yet Jesus goes and he dies on the cross for you. But he dies in so many ways, it's not funny, because he gives us life. He dies to take all our fear. He dies to take all our doubt. He dies, dies to take all our insecurities. Amen? Because he sees a purpose in it. So Esther goes into the palace, and they prepare her for 12 months. First six months, they use myrrh. Myrrh, fragrance of myrrh, right? Can you imagine? Myrrh is referred to a lot in the Bible. The anointing oil has myrrh in Embalming, embalming had oil in. I've, I've got all the scriptures. If you want them, you can give me a shout. Amen. They used myrrh as a perfume. Amen. They used it as a purification. And they used to burn myrrh in the temple. Right? Can you imagine? Why myrrh? I ask all these questions. I always say to the band, why sheep? And why do they go there? And why do they use wool? And why do they do that? <laughs> I said, you've got homework. Amen. <laughs> then they have to go figure out all these questions I give them. But these things, the ref reference to Mu was even in Jesus' life. Amen? So here we have Queen Esther. She's in the, in the palace. The first six months is just Mu. And in Jesus' life, they, they used Mu as well. At his birth, when the wise men came, they gave him gold, frankincense, and Mu. When the, the, the lady came to anoint him, when she was crying, I love that picture of this lady crying by Jesus' feet and just washing his feet with her, with her tears, taking her hair just cleaning his feet with the hair and anointing his feet. Guess what was in that oil? Moon, right? Can you imagine? God has got something in the Word. The Word is so full of everything. Amen? On the cross, they wanted to give Jesus a mixture that had myrrh in. Amen? And you know, one of the medicinal, medicinal um, parts of myrrh is that it actually numbs pain. So it was actually something quite sweet to give someone that's going through a crucifixion. And what did our Jesus do? Did he take it to numb the pain? He refused it. Why? Because he didn't want to take anything away from what he was doing for you. He still chose to die for you. When they said to him, yeah, here's a little bit of relief. You can still go to the cross. As many times as to, Lord, I want to go to the cross. Just make it a little easier. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I want to experience it. And if you look at, at, at the way people were crucified, the other day the Lord just said to me, you know, when he was hanging on the cross and he would go down, every time he had to take the next breath, he actually had to push himself up. Push himself up. 
can you imagine? Um, he had all those, all those marks on his back. So every time he took a breath, he actually chose you. Can you imagine our Lord Jesus would do that? Because the pain he had to go through, imagine your back's all broken and yet every time you breathe, you are choosing. Because if he stayed down, he wouldn't take his next breath. But when he went up, he'd protect the next breath just for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus would do it for you again. Not that he has to, he's paid the price, right? But with every breath he took, he chose you. Can you imagine? Amen? The Lord is so amazing. You know, we, we read the Bible. We read the Bible so lightly, but there's so much in it. Amen? So Jesus doesn't take me on the cross. They think the other two um, prisoners that were on the crosses maybe did take it, but he didn't take it. He refused it. Amen? And then they used myrrh when they embalmed him. Embalmed him. They used myrrh in embalming. Amen? But myrrh's got a kind of a perfume. So by the end of the six months, can you imagine how nice Esther smelt? I don't think there's a perfume on this planet that could have smelt as nice as six months of that. Amen? I think when she walked past, you would have just smelt Esther everywhere. Can you imagine, ladies? Wow. I need myrrh, okay? <laughs> but it's also, if we've got the presence of Jesus on the inside of us, when we walk past people, they should smell him. Amen? Men as well. Men, cologne. You know, if Esther was a man, she would be boiled in cologne. Amen? But say so if you walk past a, a man, if he's got the presence of God on him, you need to smell it. It needs to remain in the room. You know when somebody's got a perfume on and you walk past and you're like, who's been here? It smells so good. Amen? That's what we as children of God have to be. We have to be a fragrance for God. Amen? Amen. So she's bombed six months. The next six months is a whole lot of another herbs. They say there's cinnamon and all sorts of stuff in there. And frankincense, which smells the best under fire. When do we smell? When are we choosing to be children of God the most? In hard times. In hard times. We're not no different to anyone else if we handle it like the world. If we're handling life like the world, well, how are we different? The world gets angry when they're going through hard times. The world gets bitter. The world blames God for everything. I said to my husband, everybody blames God. I'm not everybody, but you know what I'm saying. It's so easy to blame him. God, you haven't done this for me, and you haven't done this, and look what you've done to me. But you know what? In the same breath, I wouldn't be the person today if it wasn't for what I'd gone through. Amen? You wouldn't be the person today if it's not what you went through. God was there. The world, we are in a, in a battle. One day we're going to be in glory and worship. Man, we're going to worship 24-7. You're going to see me right in front there going, yes, let's go. <laughs> Amen? And we don't have to sleep. Can you imagine? We can just worship for 24-7. Just worship, 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 worship. But right here, we're in, in a world. And sometimes the world is tough. But you know what? God is tougher. If we take that fire and we make it something to make us beautiful and not something to destroy us, because fire doesn't have to destroy you. It didn't destroy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. It didn't Goliath didn't destroy David. Amen? The, the, the lions didn't destroy Daniel. The cross didn't destroy Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. But you decide how you handle the fire. Am I going to go into this fire and come out better? Or am I going to go into this fire and I'm just going to feel so sorry for myself? Look at all the smoke mass. Really, we're going to find like, Jesus, why? Why, why, why? You know I don't deserve this. I've got fire in my eyes. I'm smelling like suit. Look at my beautiful clothes. It's really not comfortable, right? Because fire is never comfortable, but it's so your friend. Because it shows us all the ugly in our hearts. You know, when we go into a hard time and we're like, mm -hmm. it's like, Lord, you know what? This is chacha. Help me get rid of this. Because I want to go into a fire and come out of a fire still loving you. Even better. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, the fire is not your enemy. The fire is your friend. Because it shows you what you can still change inside to be more like him. And the more we are like him, the more we start walking like him and we start talking like him and we start being like him. And the more we are like Jesus. Amen? Isn't it amazing? Our God is in control. Whether he heals me or not, he's still my healer. Whether he blesses me or not, he's still my, my deliverer and breakthrough and blesser and everything. Amen? Amen. Whether he delivers us or not, he's still our deliverer. Because God is still God. Do you understand? 
we see many times people come to our prayer line, they get deliverance. Other people, they come to our prayer line, they don't get their deliverance here. They go over to Lagos, guess where they get their deliverance. You don't think God has a little bit of something in that. It's his time. Amen. Because maybe he knows that person's not going to sustain what he's getting. God knows. Maybe he knows this person's not going to serve me anymore if I bless them like they want to be blessed. Do you think God will give you something if he knows it's going to take you away from him and you can land up not serving him? Amen. Do you see how intricate God is? He's so beautiful and he's so intricate and he's so lovely. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's lovely. (laughs) Amen. He's lovely. He knows. Because God has seen every single path you're taking. He's seen every direction you're taking. He's seen every single thought you can take. Amen. He's seen where every single thought can take you. He knows. Amen. He knows. So the fire is not your enemy. Amen. It's your friend. At times, it's still my colleague. I can't say it's my friend yet. Amen. Can anyone say it's your friend like it's your friend? Bring it on, Lord. I'm ready. (laughs) Amen. No. We're still changing into his image to say, Lord, help me to understand this. Because who does understand it? Right? Who does understand it? God does. And he lives on the inside of us. But Esther had learned to obey. She'd learned to be teachable in the house of Mordecai. Right? So when she got to the palace, guess what Esther does? The chamberlain has favor with her from the beginning. I believe God put the favor there. Amen? Because yes, these all these girls and Esther finds favor with the chamberlain. Because he sees this girl's not the same. So he has, she has favor with him. Amen? So she starts learning from him. And she's teachable, right? She gets the best food. He gives her the best place to stay. Amen? I'm just reading it very vague because I can't read the whole book of Esther for you today, okay? Is that okay? So it's a little bit of my version involved. Forgive me if, if it's not completely the scripture, come word for word. But then um, she finds favor with him. And... Um, she starts to learn the ways of the king. We have a chamberlain in our lives, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows God because he's God. He has been in the presence of God. He knows what pleases the Father. One of the things Esther did was, tell me what pleases the king. Tell me, I want to learn. I don't want to come with my stuff. Tell me what pleases the king. Amen? Today we have the Holy Spirit. We can say, Holy Spirit, what pleases God? Tell me, how can I please my king? What must I do? What is he like? What is he not like? You hear what I'm saying? We have the Holy Spirit. Like Esther had the chamberlain, we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, telling us what pleases the king. Can you imagine? And who of us stops in a day and like, Holy Spirit, what must I do? Is this, is this, is this good for God? Is he happy with us? No, no, he's not happy with us. Amen. And he leads and he guides us because he knows what makes the king happy. Because he is actually the king, three in one, right? But he's dwelling with us. Amen? Isn't that incredible? So she learns the ways of the king. Because the, the chamberlain knew the king's secrets. But one of the things Esther had to do is that she had to learn to start walking like a princess. Amen? Apparently the, the temple, the, the, the king's palace's floors were very slippery. So you had to walk very carefully, amen? Have you ever walked on a a, a very slippery floor? You need to step carefully. And it's the same with us every day. When we're walking with the Lord, we need to step carefully. Amen? Because we want to step where God wants us to step. I don't want to step where God doesn't want me to step. Amen? I need to walk carefully with the Lord. Lord, it's like I'm walking on 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 a smooth floor. And I need the Holy Spirit to say, go left, go right. Move your foot just a little bit in. No, 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 not this way. But you know what? Many times we get to places in our life where we actually believe we can make better decisions than God. Amen? Amen. I know. It's horrible, but we really do. God says no, and we say, you know what, God? I've got this. <laughs> I really believe I'm okay with this. Thank you very much. And then when we get hurt, we're like, God, why? Why did you do this? But did you inquire from the Lord? Did you inquire from the Lord? I often say to my kids as well, do you, is this what God says? <laughs> is this what the Holy Spirit says? Because my world doesn't know the future, but God's world does. He's got the whole book. He, got the, he knows every decision. Amen. Am I helping somebody today? Yeah. Amen. He knows. So I cry by the Lord. How do I walk with you, Lord, that I don't slip and fall? You know my floor better than me. God knows your floor. He knows your path. But then we need to ask him, God, where do I step? And am I right to step there? And is this your time to step there? Amen. 
because we venture into things and we think we're so in control, instead of just stopping. Take time to be still and know that he's God. Take time before you make a big decision. Lord, what is your purpose for me? What is your destiny for me? Where am I going? Is this your path or is this my path or is this someone else's path? Amen? Many people make many mistakes just because they don't inquire from God. 24 hours is nothing just to say to someone, you know what, I'm just going to think about this for a little while, a little secret in your heart, I'm going to go pray. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to go and inquire from God. Amen. With our families and well, inquire from God. Lord, what is it you want for my family? Amen. Amen. So she's walking and she's learning to walk like a princess. And the time comes for her to be able to go into the king's presence. A year's preparation for one day. And the Chamberlain takes her into the best shopping mall in Africa. Can you imagine? They say there was every color, every dress, gold, diamonds, anything. They took him into the kings and they said there's no money is not a problem. Amen. Can you imagine? Money is not a problem. Choose what you want, girl. You want gold? Put on the gold. You want to put on 20 sets of gold? You put on 20 sets of gold. It's your decision, right? And yet, all these ladies are rushing in, and they're taking the gold and the silver and the diamonds, and they're putting on clothes and shoes, Gucci, Versace, all those things, right? And Esther's standing there quietly one side. Why? Because Esther doesn't want to give the king something that's her desire. Her desire. She wants to give him something that he desires. Right? Isn't that beautiful? We're running to God's presence. They're like, oh, and oh, and oh, and oh. And we're like, Lord, what do you want? So she goes to the chamber and she says, what should I wear? What should I wear? What would please the king? Do I put on a hundred pieces of gold? Does he like red? Is he like blue? Right? If you want to please someone, you obviously want him to be pleased with what you've dressed him. Amen? But yeah, all these ladies are rushing in because now the ultimate's been given to them and they're going to try and give them the best of what they are. But they're not stopping to say, Lord, what is the best that you want for me? What do you want for me? Do you want me to have gold on or not? Right? What is the color that pleases your heart? I'm just using Esther as a, as a reference, okay? There's no one color. I think God loves all color, but whatever he loves, we just go with it. Amen? So she goes to the chamber and she says, what would please him? Tell me. Because she wasn't the object of worship. Do you get what I'm saying this morning? She wasn't the object of worship. It didn't matter what she liked. Amen? When we come before God, it doesn't matter what we like. We just want to please him. We want him to look at us and smile and say, yay, she's here. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Can you imagine? God wants to spend time with us. He longs for us to come into his presence. When we come into his presence, he's not like, oh, look at this woman now. She's back here. Right? He's like, yeah, they are. They're coming to worship me this morning. What an honor and privilege to be able to go into his presence. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're getting there. (laughs) Amen. So so we don't come to Jesus for a better life. We come to Jesus because he is the life. They're not coming to Jesus for what they can get from him. Esther wasn't coming for what she can get. I don't want your gold. I don't want your jewelry. I don't want your clothes. I want you. Amen? How many of us come to Jesus? We want the gold, we want the silver, we want the boat, we want the house, we want the breakthrough, we want the promotion, promotion, promotion. Amen? <laughs> Am I speaking to the right people? Amen? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm preaching myself, myself on fire. But you come before God and you're like, Lord, I want, I want, I want, I want. And God is saying, but what about me? Do you just want me? Is me enough? If I never, ever give you anything else, is that still okay? Would you still be sitting here today? If we said, you can, you can love Jesus in HSC, but in HSC, we just love Jesus, and he guarantees nothing else, how many would you still be sitting there this morning? Amen? And I believe it's our heart's cry, but it's good to look at our hearts sometimes, because we always want the add-ons, like Bernard says. We always want the add-ons. What can you do for me, Lord? What can you do for me? Amen? What is he going to do for you today? Amen? Where it should be. What are you going to do for him? Amen? Who are you going to go say, Jesus loves you? Jesus loves you. Do you know, I did it this last week a couple of times. I just walked up to people and I'm like, Jesus loves you. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I'll go to church sometime. <laughs> right? So they think their works, it's because of their work. Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them, right? 
So we as beacons of light need to start bringing people to church because this is where we get life. We're not shy. Amen? We need to go to people and say, Jesus loves you. I have a place where you're safe in the presence of God. Amen? So she didn't come for her own worth or her own worship. She came. She wanted to know what Jesus had for her. Amen? Relationship has a reward. Relationship has a reward. What do I mean by that? If you want to take the time to be a doctor, right? You need to study, you need to do your practical, you need to do all these things. Amen. Learn to do stitching and all that sort of stuff, right? Would you like anybody to operate on you that says they're a doctor but they've never been to university? Amen. If you fell, your head fell open now and I said, you know what, here's, here's my son. He plays rugby. It's pretty much like being a doctor. <laughs> he can stitch you up. <laughs> But you, you know what I'm saying? But we do that. We think we can just, we, we, we don't have to pass a test. We don't have to go to university. We don't have to get through fire to be this Christian that God wants to bless. Here's an engineer. We say, yeah, we go put up this building. We're all going to sit in this building. We, we trust you. Sir, how much have you been to university? You know what? I read about it on Google. I'm ready to put up this house. Who would be sitting in that house? But you see, we look at practical things so practically, but we don't look at the church like that. Our, our, our relationship with God gives us access. The time and the, 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 the being at his feet, learning what he likes, gives us access into his presence. Amen? And then we start progressing. We go through a fire. Guess what? What would David be if Goliath wasn't there? Would we even read about David? Amen? But we want to have a David experience without the Goliath. Right? Is that not true, Mama Jay? We don't want Goliath, but man, we want to be written as a mighty man of God. <laughs> Amen? What would Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be if they just sat in a pool, swimming pool? Nothing. But we go through fire and we think it's our enemy. But it's actually there that God has prepared something to excel us. God has prepared the fire because he knows this fire is going to push you into a new way. What would Daniel be if he never went to the lines? If he just went to go lay with the pigs for a few days? Right? Because it's more comfortable, right? He's going to maybe get dirty, but whoever wants to get into a lion pit. Amen? I think it's really nasty. But God even prepared that moment for Daniel to go into a whole new thing. Amen? Joseph, over and over again in the Bible, you see these mighty men of God being thrown into their destiny. But what throws them into their destiny? Fire. An enemy. An enemy. We all want to be David without the Goliath. We all want to go there. We're like going to kill. We're like, we can do this, Lord. If you give me Goliath today, I'm so ready. But don't bring him. You just know I can, right? <laughs> I'm ready, Lord. You, I'm ready. Look at me. Hope I'm ready. But don't bring him. <laughs> Amen. But God is in control. God was in control of Esther from the very moment that she was spotted in the road. From the time that she was placed in that place to be seen by the right person. When she got to the palace, out of so many women, the, the chamberlain liked her. You don't think God's hand was in that? Yes, she was in the fight. She's away from her family. She's like, my Lord, I've lost my family again. Can you imagine if we were to think like us now? I'm, I'm, a, I'm an orphan, Lord. Haven't I had enough? Now I live with my cousin. How nice must it be to live with your cousin, Right? I'm a Jewish girl. I have no name. I've no, I'm, I'm nothing. And yeah, they take me to put me in a, in a palace for a year. Okay, the year's going to be great with all the pampering. But for one day, the king cannot possibly like me. He can choose someone else. Amen? Can you imagine? But God was there. God was there the moment Esther was conceived. God was there the moment she landed up with Mordecai. And God was there the moment she went to the palace. And God, you'll see so many other times that God has been with her. Do you think that was by chance? No, but everybody wants to be the Esther. I was born for a time, said Jesus. Amen? Are you born for the preparation for this time such as this? Amen? Am I speaking to anybody here this morning? Amen? Yo, near this Esther. But anyway, she keeps her heart right and she, she says to him, what must I do? Okay? Because she wants to only belong to the king, and she wants to please him. So when God was ready to elevate her, she goes in front of the king, and the king loves her, right? Guess who had to put favor in the king's heart? 
the enemy? God was even there. And this guy was seriously burnt. Amen? He just had the most beautiful wife that he said he'll never see again. She must have really made him really, really angry. Amen? Just think about it. I think he would have been a little bit offended, a little bit sensitive. Amen? If you had a beautiful wife and you just want to show her off to all your generals, and she say, come dance for me, young, beautiful wife, and the wife says, no. <laughs> Amen? So obviously he had his reservations and everything. She needed God to even fall in love with her. Amen? All these other princesses were rich Persian blood. You know, many of those women, they came from the top lines. It wasn't just Hadassah's there. Right? But God already worked on the king's life. Amen? Say, God can turn the heart of a king. Turn to your neighbor and say, God can turn the heart of a king. God can turn the heart of a king. Only God can turn the heart of a king. Amen? Only God could have turned that heart. Yes. And what a beautiful moment that is to know God can turn the heart of a king. What can he do for you? What can he do? Is there anything too big for him? No. But we say that and then we walk like, okay, Lord, I'm going. He can turn the heart of a king. But it's our disobedience that sometimes lets us land up in a Jonah, in the whale. And I promise you, it didn't have a little table and a little, <laughs> little candle. Amen? When you land up in the, in the whale's belly, you know all our books say when we grow up, he's sitting at a little table reading his Bible. I don't know if your Bible's had that picture in, right? Amen? Isn't it true who had that picture? Yeah, we grew up with it. He, he laid in juice digesting him, right? What is cool about that? There's no freaking candle and there's no Bible. Do you hear what I'm saying? He laid in juice, digestive juices, digesting him for three days. Do you want to lay in digestive juices? Just obey, okay? <laughs> Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't have to lay in digestive juices. Because digestive juices was never Jonah's path. He chose it because he didn't obey. Right? We, we choose fire that's not meant for us. But our disobedience. God said, just go there and tell these people this and this and this. And Jonah's like, uh-uh. No, I'm not going to tell the people. So Jesus made sure he got there, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sometimes God will put that Goliath in your life for you to find out that you have a David inside of you. I wrote this down this morning at 2 o'clock. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes God will put the Goliath in your life to find out that there's a David inside of you. How are you going to know you're a David? How was Esther supposed to know she's a queen if she didn't land up in the palace? Amen. Sometimes God will put the Goliath in your life for you to find the David within you. But you need to fight the battle, the right battle, on the right battlefield. Can I go on a little bit more? How much time do we have? <laughs> you need to fight the right battle on the right battlefield. Choose your battles and choose the battles your king will fight and then you fight the right battles, right? And you know you've got to win. Amen? Fight the right battles on the right battlefields. Amen? David had to be on that battlefield at that moment, facing that dude, that big Goliath. Amen? 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 Sometimes we go face Goliaths that weren't meant for us. We're like, Lord, I, I, could, I can do this. I can really do this. And God's saying, that's not your Goliath. And it's not your battle. Amen? When you engage, make sure this is the engaging that God wants you to do. Right? Because you don't have to go into digestive juices, remember? Right? I also say to the Lord, Lord, give it to me once, give it to me hard, and I'm going to listen, I promise. I don't want to go through nothing longer than I need to. Okay? We just do it once, we do it hard, and we get it right. Amen. Who's with me? Amen. I don't like long tests. Don't like long tests. Amen? And I don't like a rewrite. Who loves a rewrite? No. No one loves a rewrite, right? <laughs> okay? So choose your battlefield. Winning does, because the winning doesn't start around you. It starts on the inside. The victory on, in the battle was the thing that elevated David to his destiny. The very thing you think is there to destroy you is the very tool God can use to elevate you to your victory. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? Do you hear what I'm saying? Now we're not, oh, all these tests and trials. Look at me. 
the Lord says he'll be with me and the righteous will scarcely make it. So how am I going to make it? You know, if this righteous doesn't make it, how am I going to make it? We have the Holy Spirit to help us to get there, right? We have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. We're going to get there. Amen? And we're going to make it strong, right? Who wants a quitter? We're not quitters. There's nothing about us that quits. Amen? I'm Italian, so I tell my kids, kiddo, there's nothing in you that can lie down. <laughs> stand up and fight. Amen? When you fall down, stand up, learn something, and go on. Amen? And that's us. We're children of the King. When we, yes, we'll fall, but we'll get up stronger and we'll have learned a lesson and we'll go on. Amen? And if I have to fight, do it a hundred times and get up a hundred times, I'll get up a hundred times. But the Lord knows I ain't laying down. Amen, ladies? We don't, we are not like the world. We don't need to go lie down when we face fire. We get up and we get strong because we have the God Almighty on the inside of us. And if he could get up for us when everybody disappointed him, guess what? We can get up when everybody disappoints us, right? And when you fall down, learn a lesson, get up and say, you know what, most of the time it's us that just fell somewhere where we shouldn't have gone, on some battlefield fighting some other Goliath that we shouldn't have fought. Amen? Because if God says fight him, he will fall, then he will fall. It's a no-brainer. Amen? Amen. So fight the battles your king tells you to fight and choose your battleground. Amen? So many events around us seem quite unusual, but they have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. They have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. When we started this church and the Lord said, build from scratch, it had an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Amen? We have all of you beautiful people. Amen? <laughs> and we couldn't imagine our lives without you. If we chosen any other church that was presented on a silver platter, uh, any other battleground with any other Goliaths, would you be sitting here today? And would I be standing here? Maybe not. No. <laughs> Amen? But God chose it. Turn to your neighbor and say, God knows. There's power in preparation. There's power in preparation. There's power in preparation. But it's what's on the inside of you. It's what's on the inside of you. Let me read you Mark 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Did the disciples say to Jesus? Okay, so Jesus was in control here. It was his battleground. It was his thing, right? Amen? You have to do Bible study with me. I, I tell the band they have to Bible study with me, okay? So they took Jesus to the, to the boat and started out, leaving the crowds, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fall with water. Does it feel like Jesus said, go to the other side? You would think if Jesus said go to the other side, you'd have escort, right? You'd be floating over the river to the other side, right? But Jesus said get in that boat. He said let's go to the other side, right? And the storms came. Amen? Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus said we're going to the other side. And they're saying, Jesus, uh, don't you care we're going to drown? How can you drown if Jesus is in your boat, right? Amen? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? This morning he's saying to you, Why are you afraid? Anything in the word is directly for you, right? This is God speaking to you. You read it today and you read, Why are you afraid? The next time you read, Do you have, still have faith? And the next time you read it, it's like, Jesus said, go to the other side. The Holy Spirit illuminates the word, right, for where you're at. He says, why are you afraid? You're a child of God. I told you, go to the other side. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Amen. The disciples were absolutely terrified. I mean, you don't think Jesus knew they weren't afraid. Amen. The Bible is so rich. He says they were terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. So they were first afraid of the waves and they were afraid of Jesus. Can you imagine? They're like, Lord, we're going to die, we're going to die, and Jesus silences the storm. And then they say, we're terrified. Because who are you? Right? You know, many people have still got Jesus in their boats this morning. We all have Jesus. But um, this is a bit anal, okay? But some of us, Jesus is asleep. 
He's saying, we're going to the other side. We're going to make it. And you're going, Jesus, Jesus, don't you see I'm going to die? Right? Jesus is still in your boat today. You're still deciding. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, is Jesus awake in your boat? And can you imagine he stands up and he silences the storm? He silences the storm and then they saw them more terrified. They were fearful and then they were terrified. But you know what? If you see how wonderful God can be for you, if you see what God can do, it can be terrifying. If you can imagine he can calm a sea, he can open a sea for a huge multitude of people. He can bring water out of rock. He can put spit in someone's eyes and they can see. He can heal a leper. He's not different today. He's not different. He's with you. The Holy Spirit's with you. He's right here. Amen. Imagine what he can do for you. So they were terrified when they saw what God could actually do for them. Today, many of you have Jesus in your boat, but he's sleeping. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, is Jesus sleeping in your boat? <laughs> Amen. He's sleeping. He's telling you, I'm going to make it. We're going to go to the other side. You're not going to drown. And you're going, Jesus, Jesus, I'm so afraid I'm going to die. Wake up. Wake up, Lord. And you know what? They actually didn't even need him to come because those waves, he said they're going to the other side. Those waves would not have drowned them. That was a bit of their own imagination going on there. Amen? You know, when we tell a story, we always add like a few things just to make it a little worse. Right? Amen? <laughs> when you talk to your kid, it's like, okay, let's just get down to the facts. Just tell me facts. One, two, three, what happened? Don't add anything else. No feelings, no emotions, just facts. Amen? Because they would have gone to the other side, even in the storm. Jesus said they're going to the other side. But he actually was so gracious, and that's how Jesus is. We're like, Jesus, Jesus, I'm drowning. And he's like, okay, okay, storm be still. But the storm would never, didn't need to be still. He would have still got to the other side. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, is Jesus awake in your boat? Take a moment to sing, is Jesus awake in your boat? Because we all have Jesus in our boats. But some of our Jesus are sleeping. We haven't, we haven't put our trust in him. He's not awake leading the boat. Right? Amen. Am I helping somebody this morning? We are children of the Most High God. Amen? He's in control of our lives. He's in control of our lives. The Word tells us over and over again, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithful. This is God. God is. He's not a man. He cannot lie. Amen? I'm just reading a lot of scriptures here. It says, O sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servants your greatness and your strong hand. In Deuteronomy it says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. What can stop a consuming fire? We reduce him to a matchstick. <laughs> right? He's a consuming fire. In Deuteronomy it says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. In Deuteronomy it says, Be assured today the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. Like a devouring fire. For the Lord your God is God of gods, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He's faithful. He's reliable. Amen? He accepts no bribes. The Lord your God is the one that goes with you to fight for you against the enemies, to give you the victory. He fights for you against your enemies to give who the victory? You. Amen? But who believes it? We are always singing, I'm walking in power, walking in miracles. I said, the God of favor, I know who I am. <laughs> Amen? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know who your daddy is, right? The God Almighty is your daddy. Behave like him. Amen? If we've got the enemy defeated us, we can walk like defeated foes. We don't. We are walking in the light. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, know who your daddy is. Know who your father is. He's a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. And he loves you. He loves you, loves you, loves you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, we have to wrap it up. Okay. So the time comes she's prepared. The king loves her. Love story of the century, right? 
can you imagine if we just ended the book there? Esther would be Esther, would be very cute, right? But then an enemy appears. An enemy appears, right? <clears throat> they say they want to kill the Jews. And they say, Esther, you are made for a time like this. God has prepared you. If you need to die, you need to die. Because if you don't do it, God will raise up another. How scary is that, right? If you don't do what God has done, purposed for your life, he'll just raise up another because God's purposes have to be fulfilled, right? So Esther says she's going to go into the Lord's presence and she prepares herself for that moment. Now Holy Spirit is there again. Because, yeah, she comes into the, to the chambers. Within seconds, if the king doesn't set, put out that scepter, her head is gone. It's over, right? God had to be there that the king was not even distracted. Everybody thinks the king's sitting on the throne, and he could possibly have. He could have been anywhere in that chamber, in that area, right? Okay? I'm just time-shaping my version, okay? So she walks in. God's heart is still on her. The king looks at her. He could have been distracted. Her head would have been gone before he looked around. Just think about it. God was even there. He looks at her and he holds out the scepter. And what does Esther say? King, I want to tell you something. This man, the Jews, you need to sort him out. Because what does the king say? The king says, Esther, you can have anything up to half my kingdom. Do you want money? Do you want, do you want jewels? What do you want? Right? And what does Esther do? Does she blurt out anything? No, she says, King, will you come to a banquet for me? With me. Amen? Do you know there's something in that as well? Can I tell you what I feel that is? She wanted his presence before his presence. <laughs> she told the king, King, before I tell you what I want, I want you. I want you. I want your presence to come to my banquet. Imagine how the story would have been if she just bled in there. I don't know. God, let God be God. But she said, King, I want your presence. I want you to come and eat with me. I want you to take the time and choose me. Amen? When we come into God's presence, God, I just want you. I just want you. I'm facing a fire. My whole nation can be destroyed. Like, no, no. <laughs> Amen? This bad enemy is actually in your castle, in the king's palace, and, they, and you actually talk to him. Do you hear what I'm saying? But she was inquiring from the Lord the whole time. Holy Spirit was there. He was, he was saying, okay, God was there. God was involved in Esther, right? Who believes that? So she says, come to my banquet. So she's saying, you are important to me. I want you first, right? So he comes to the banquet, and then the night before the banquet, God is involved again. Esther's full of God, amen? And the king can't sleep, amen? Sometimes God says, you pray, you don't sleep now. Amen, who's had that moment? Do you actually get up and pray in the winter? <laughs> it's much harder in the winter, right? God says, come, come, I've got time with you. Come, come, come. No sleep for you, young lady. Let's pray. <laughs> Amen? Because God desires our presence. He wants to tell us a secret. Amen? So we have to be ready for those secrets. But God is there in the king's palace. He's again busy with the king. Queen Esther's sleeping, saying, God, you're in control. I'm going to feed the king tomorrow, and the Lord knows you have our future. Amen? And the king wakes up and he can't sleep. So what does he do? In those days, we didn't have Kindle. Amen? He goes to the, the, the scribes and the scrolls and he takes all the diaries and things that he hasn't read. And one of the things that was in the diaries was how Mordecai actually saved his life. A couple of, who knows how, when, past, right? Maybe he was too busy to read it. Maybe there were too many scrolls. I don't know why he only read it that night. Maybe God just hid it till that night. Because God would even do that. Amen? And he reads it and he reads about this man that he saved his life. Amen? And the very gallows that the enemy prepared to kill this man is the gallows that killed him. Right? Amen. It's incredible. So he reads about it. So his heart is tender towards Mordecai and everything going on when he gets to in front of Esther. Right? And she tells him what's going to go on. And he, he can't believe what's going on. He's like, I'm, 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 this is like the shocker of the century. Amen? And he says to her, no, your, your people can defend themselves. Amen. God had that very moment of their deliverance from the beginning. God knew Esther had to be there at that time, had gone through that preparation, gone through those treatments, had gone through everything to get to that banquet to speak to the king there. Amen? And Esther, we say, yeah, yeah, Lord. Amen, I believe it. You're so, but in our lives, we're like, Jesus, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But there's purpose in preparation. Everything you are experiencing is for a purpose. 
It's for a purpose. It's to make you better. Amen? And it's like, Lord, if I can shine more for you, polish me. Just be gentle, but polish me. Amen? Because I want to be better. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, we want to be prepared. You know what? The beautiful thing about everything is God has not called us to be sugar. What has he called us to be? Salt. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has not called you to be sugar. <laughs> He's called you to be salt. I was drinking coffee and the Lord told me that. How cool is that, hey? <laughs> He's not called you to be sugar. He's called you to be salt for a reason. Amen? You have a purpose and a destiny. You are not purposed and destined to be sugar. You are destined to be salt. Amen? He's so amazing. You know, God is so beautiful. God is so in control. He's so dependable and he's so there. But we often forget that. Like I said, he's often in our boats, but he's fast asleep. Amen? He has never left us. He'll never desert us. He's just asleep. Because we're not saying, Lord, what now? My life is in your hands. Amen? So this morning, I want to just tell you that even as we go into this week, no, wherever Jesus went, things were never the same. When he left a place, a piece of him stayed there because of his transforming presence. God is sovereign. He sets the seasons. He sets the years, the months, the days, and the hours from your birth. Amen? He sets a time for planning. He sets a time to sow. He sets a time to reap. He sets a time to heal. He sets a time for breakthrough. Amen? Young people, he sets a time to be single. He sets a time to get married. And he sets a time to have children. And one day, he'll set a time for me to have grandchildren. Amen? My mom says they're way better than children. <laughs> there's a time for the sun to shine. And there's a time for the clouds to gather. We need the sun like we need the clouds. Amen? There's a time for thunder and there's a time to dance in the rain. Amen? There's a time of blessing, and there's a time of testing. Amen? There's a time of healing. There's a time of breakthrough. There's a time of deliverance. There's a time for building, and there's a time for joy. There's a time where we're going to put our heads down and choose to trust God. Because that's when you are in God's hand. That's when you are different to the world. If you love everyone, when they're good to you, what are you different to the world? If you serve God when he does something for you, what are you? Because many people treat Jesus like they're his girlfriend, not his bride. <laughs> Girlfriend's very convenient, right? You can see her when you want to. She can leave when she wants to. You can do your thing. She can do your thing. When she's your bride, the, the rules change. Amen? Then it's 24-7, I'm yeah, dude. We're going to work this out. You're going to irritate me at times, and I'm going to irritate you, but the Lord knows we're going to work it out. <laughs> Amen? Amen. But we treat our relationship with the Lord like we're his girlfriend and not his bride. Amen. I can go on for another 20 hours. I have to finish now. Okay, it's the end. All right. There's a time for mourning, a time for dancing, a time to run and a time to stop. Stop and inquire from God. Amen. A time for finding and a time for mending. A time for silence. Just be still. And a time to chat. Amen? God is sovereign. Always remember, when God decrees something, it will happen because he is in control. Amen? When God decrees it's time. Gee whiz, how awesome is that? But when God says it's the time for you for a little fire, we put our heads down and we love him even more. We love, 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 love him. Amen? We don't use God like a girlfriend uses a boyfriend or a boyfriend uses a girlfriend. He's, we are his bride, not his girlfriend. Amen? Okay. So we've praised God. When God decrees something, it's done. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, if God says it, it's done. Stand. 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 There's, there's purpose in preparation. There's purpose in preparation. Say, neighbor, if Jesus had to be prepared, I guess I also have to be prepared. Because I'm not better than Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to walk. I'm ready to talk. 
I'm ready to be the king God made me to be. In his time. Because he makes everything beautiful. He makes everything beautiful. He promised to make everything beautiful. Speak as if you're a king, people. Okay. I believe you. I'm choosing to believe you today. I'm choosing. Amen. In his time. He makes it beautiful. In his time. I trust his time. I trust his time. Not my time, Lord. Your time. Not my ways, Lord. Your ways. Not my path, Lord. Your path. I don't want me. I want you. You are the object of my worship. You are the object of my worship. I want to worship only you. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.